Welcome to the In The Clouds podcast. In The Clouds is a marketing cloud podcast powered by Lev, the most influential marketing-focused Salesforce consultancy in the world. Lev is customer experience obsessed, and podcast hosts Bobby Tishy and Cole Fisher have partnered with some of the world's most well-known brands to help them master meaningful one-on-one connections with their customers. In this podcast, they'll combine strategy and deep technical expertise to share best practices, how-tos, and real-life use cases and solutions for the world's top brands using Salesforce products today. Welcome to Indicloud's podcast. This is Bobby Tishy along with Cole Fisher. Cole, why do I always want to call you Full Kisher instead of Cole Fisher? That's probably just your exlexia. <laughs> That's a good point. It's a good point. Uh, really excited today. We are continuing our innovation series. We have a partner here called Formstack. Um, we're super excited to have on the podcast um, Joel Houghton, along with Zach Pines um, from their team. Joel, Zach, if you guys wouldn't mind just doing a brief intro of yourselves, that'd be great. My name is Joel. I'm a senior healthcare account executive at Formstack. I've been here for three years. And hey, Colin, Bobby. Zach Pines. I am VP of Partnerships at Formstack. Uh, partnerships at Formstack includes our technology partnerships uh, with companies like Salesforce and Microsoft, and our great consulting partners, our consulting partner community of which Lev uh, has been a great partner. Um, and we're uh, excited both about our partnership and about participating in this podcast today. Very cool. Awesome. Yeah, that's great. So what we want to do is just give a kind of a quick overview of Formstack, get a better sense of the key features and capabilities, especially as they relate, relate to Salesforce Marketing Cloud. Um, and then also just uh, get a better sense of what's on the roadmap, some cool use cases, that sort of thing. So uh, we'll turn it over to you guys to give a, a little intro of Formstack, the key features and functionality, and then we'll go from there. Awesome, Bobby. Uh, Formstack. Think of us as we're in the productivity software category. We're enabling uh, businesses to uh, be be more productive with how they capture data and what they do with that data, including things like generating documents, collecting digital signatures. Um, And we're often uh, wrapping our product around a system of record. Um, That system of record could be Salesforce CRM. It could be Marketing Cloud, as well as hundreds of other uh, integrations that, that we provide. Um, so the three big products are Formstack Forms for generating a form and capturing data, uh, Formstack Documents for generating documents, automating document generation processes at scale, and Formstack Sign for digital signatures, uh, which is a very hot product uh, as businesses are moving you know, more and more of their operations into digital um, this has all been, you know, a hot area for us to work in uh, over the past couple of years. That's great. And just out of curiosity, what are the big, like, if you look at those three products, what's the delineation of your business across those three? So Formstack Forms, uh, that's, you know, that's, that's how the business started. Uh, we also, interestingly, have two Forms products. Uh, we have a Forms product that integrates with Marketing Cloud uh, that we're going to talk about. We also have a native forms product installed into Salesforce CRM uh, for managing forms natively within Salesforce CRM. Um, So those two products, our forms category is going to be the majority 
um, of the business, but but all product areas are, are well represented. It's pretty well balanced uh, across across all three categories. Very cool. So you mentioned being stitched in these two products with Salesforce CRM and with Marketing Cloud. Um, can you guys kind of give us the two like coolest uh, solutions that you've you've or, or the coolest use cases that you've seen working with Salesforce or Salesforce Marketing Cloud? That's a great question. Um, we deal with so many different uh, use cases, but one of my favorite ones that I've recently worked with was the Indiana Pacers. Um, they use us throughout many different uh, facets of their organization. The one that most people notice is sales. Um, they actually use us for a lot of different things like grant applications, uh, journey follow-ups to that grant, and all of that is processed through Marketing Cloud just to kind of keep that customer interaction going uh, through multiple channels. Um, the, the coolest one that we did was actually so... At the beginning of the pandemic, once basketball uh, started coming back for the NBA, um, they actually were one of the first organizations to have out a form that people could sign up to be on the giant digital screens um, that they had on the side of the courts on, in the bubble. So uh, fans could actually apply. And if they were selected, they would actually go onto that screen and they could actually cheer along with other people that were, you know, at their oh, home cool. cheering on. It was pretty yeah. cool. Like there were a couple of them that happened, like the Lakers, where uh, they had celebrities that were popping up in there. Um, we had, um, oh, darn, I can't remember who it was. Um, well, there's a comedian that's from Indianapolis that actually popped up in one of the uh, in one of the uh, in one of the seats that night. Um, so that that was actually it was a small use case, but it was really cool and effective and had giant engagement from uh, everyone. I didn't even get to uh, be able to hop in there, and I was kind of alongside them as they were coming up with some of this. So you, figured you had an inside track to at least get in the front row, right? I mean, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I wish it would have been what nice. Are the perks of the job, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, so, it, the perk is being on that podcast with you, right? There it is. <laughs> well, you guys got host, huh? <laughs> um, so, so that, so the way the Pacers did that, then they just have that on their like a form on their website, or this go out via email, or how that how that happened. Well, they do it in a couple of different ways. So the forms are versatile, so they can have it on their website. And in fact, um, they have all of their order forms for the Pacers, the Fever, uh, their uh, you know uh, G League team, the Mad Ants in uh, Fort Wayne. And they have all of those available on their website. It's embedded on their website, so it has the same feel and look as their website because we'll inherit the CSS from that site um, and also be mobily responsive because most people are doing this on their phones anyways. So um, that's one of the big things that they use it for, but they also do send these out in social media posts, uh, contests, um, ticket drives, you know, when they're selling these different packets together of, Hey, get this small packet of four games, you know, where you can get this one key game that everyone wants to go to, but you also have to go see the Hornets. Um, so there are a lot of different things that they use it for. It's pretty neat. And just a, another question there, as they're 
configuring this form within your platform, are they then able to determine kind of which data source it goes to? Like, I want to put this data to sales cloud or this data to marketing cloud. How does that work? Actually, that is one of the nice things about the flexibility of Formstack. Um, we natively have, you know, hundreds of integrations that are already set up. You don't have to be stuck with one integration uh, to be able to use it. So if you need some information to go to, to you know, CRM, have it go to CRM. If you need other bits of information to go to Marketing Cloud, have it go there. Have it go to both. You know, like it really depends on, uh, how you want to route that information, um, you know, through the actual platform. Uh, I think uh, I was oh, also go going to say one of our recent uh, product, uh, one of our recent product releases is adding a Power Automate connector. Um, that's opened up integrations with a lot of the Microsoft ecosystem. Uh, also, bringing form data into Microsoft Teams, um, Microsoft SharePoint. Etc. Microsoft Dynamics as well, um, and then the other part about this that that you know shouldn't be overlooked is like when you're actually setting up a form and deploying it, it's you can do that without code, or maybe with a, a little bit of code if you, you know if you want to do some special customization. So it's a it's it's a it's a way to really like enable a team like the Pacers um, to you know be able to do a lot more with these with these programs. And I think that's an important point. And actually, what I was going to mention is because for those people who are listening who have experience with Salesforce Marketing Cloud, you know this for sure, that forms are not the easiest thing to build out in Marketing Cloud. And obviously, we can only write it to one place if we're leveraging some of the out-of-the-box drag-and-drop functionality of forms. Or if we do want to create a custom form that might send to Sales Cloud first or might send somewhere else, we've got to know HTML and CSS and really get into the code element of it. So... That's where I think, too, a lot of our customers have seen a big advantage of utilizing form stack. So that way, not only can they build out these forms really quickly um, because a marketer can do it. They don't need an IT person or a developer, but also they can then port the, the data anywhere they need to for that particular campaign. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I mean, even if you have a complex integration, we have an open API. So you can move that information to whatever complex tool you're working with. Another one that we're being used with is with TradeStation. Um, now, TradeStation has several uh, different application paths that a uh, new client needs to go through as either they're applying to, uh, applying to work with them or they're a current client that needs to you know, um, uh, reapply to specific programs and stuff that they're using. Um, they actually use us through marketing cloud. They use Formstack and they use marketing cloud. Um, and they have a form throughout the entire onboarding process that they built um, to where if specific things happen, they're going to get form A or they're going to get form B um, dynamically sending these forms through each step of the journey. So what that means to TradeStation or even actually more, um, probably more correctly to the end user is that they're going to have a seamless experience. They are going to easily be able to fill out the documents that they need to, because I I'm not sure if you've ever applied to something like you have to download the PDF, print it out, fill out the information that you need to do, 
upload that document if you have a scanner um, and then send it back. And it's a lot of back and forth via email. So for, for TradeStation, it was more about security. How secure can we get information collected and how securely can we get this information back to marketing cloud and to CRM? They were able to use a string of different form stack forms to keep them from having to use email to do some of these tasks that are collecting PII, right? Like there's so many cyber criminals out there today that are trying to get your get your information. So, you know, knowing that you're using a form that is encrypted um, at rest and in transit um, to get your information to where it needs to go is a, is a big relief on not just the organization, but every compliance team out there. It's a lot, it's kind of a, a tricky wire to walk when you're talking about like security, especially with like financial institutions. So like TradeStation, they're, you know, futures and brokerage and, and, you know, very, um, you know, the, the PII that you don't want slipping out anywhere, uh, because that's, that's a real big no, no. So, um, yeah, that's always a big one with, and I, I'm sure too, with like healthcare companies and things like that, like HIPAA compliance and things like that, where, um, security is a really, really big concern for a lot of companies that are using forms or trying to come up with forms themselves or where yeah. they're populating or, or uh, collecting that data. So, and, and that's where, you know, one of our major advantages jumps in. We, you know, Zach mentioned earlier that we have a native forms tool to Salesforce. And that's just like not a native integration. Like, you know, some people might say we are actually installed onto their Salesforce instance, you know, inheriting all of the same, um, you know, security settings that their Salesforce instance already have. So from a compliance standpoint, they don't have to do 15 security reviews to make sure that our product is safe enough. They already know because we're working on the same backbone infrastructure that Salesforce has out there, which is already trusted in the market as best in class with security. Sorry, go ahead, I was just going to say that's a big differentiator too, because it's not just something that's layered on top or and I think Joel, to your point, we hear so many different customers, or I'm sorry, uh, companies saying that, they have an integration. And I say the word integration with air quotes because it's not a true integration. It might just be, we have an API that can hit their endpoint or something like that. But with Forum Stack, we're actually more of an embedded integration is the way I like to think about it within Salesforce. Yeah, it's it's eye-opening for Salesforce users. They, they end up like applauding this product because we truly get comments like, you know, we've never experienced anything like it. Um, you can directly from within your Salesforce environment, you know, drag and drop off of your Salesforce data model. You can pull in uh, fields um, from, you know, related objects uh, to really smooth out the process for how data is brought into Salesforce uh, from forms. You can pre-fill forms. You can build uh, digital experience forms, basically Salesforce versions of, of portals. Um, and to your point, uh, Bobby, where it really hits the road is like you're you're not you're not you're not syncing data between two systems. You 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 avoid all those headaches of you know we've all troubleshooting right. There's no data replication. Yeah, troubleshooting and integration, data in two places. Whose fault is it? Like all that goes away, which is which is a huge operational uh, advantage for for customers. 
Um, I think also from like the end user standpoint, uh, if, if you think about like the experience where you're using pre-populated fields, where you're you're dynamically populating the the correct um, the correct actual forms for that user, things like that. Like even in retail, how many times have you you know received some sort of like, how was your feedback? What's your product like? You're like I haven't even received it yet. You know, you haven't gotten it through the mail, and you know having that having the ability to like trigger the right type of form and dynamically populate what's most relevant to me, and then also uh, pre-populate those fields. I can't tell you how many times just going through normal everyday. And it's just because we're, we're marketers and we look at this stuff, but going through like everyday, like field, uh, functionality where you're like, Oh, this is just a terrible experience. So like the end user experience is really great for that. Yeah. And one thing that is like roadmap or trade station. And we actually see this with a lot of other clients, especially in the insurance field. Like you've got to get so many documents signed off on. Once you've filled out these specific applications, we can actually have this set to go to, you know, through Formstack documents, assemble into the document format that it needs to be. So for example, W, a W4, right? There are specific places that information needs to go. But you have that data filled out on a form stack form. It can take that information, put it onto the form, and then send it out to them via e-signature so they can sign it and have that full audit trail on the back end. So that that pure uh, automation that you're going to get, you know, through you know filling out your app, you know, insurance application online, fill it out. At the end, a team reviews that information and you're sent the contract immediately through automation to sign off on it. How much quicker do you think you're going to get clients back if you're immediately sending them the documents that they need to sign? We get distracted easy. We're goldfish. So if we can get it to them right now rather than later, it's going to make a faster adoption rate. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think that that lag time is paralyzing to, to progress. That's That's a really cool idea. Um, so speaking of roadmap, then what else are you guys really excited about for Formstack and what's, what's kind of the next steps for, for the product? Yeah. So from an innovation standpoint and what's next, we are actually looking to get uh, better support for grandchild um, injunction objects uh, to make sure that Salesforce admins can have a really smooth experience as they adopt industry and vertical uh, focused data models that are becoming more and more common in Salesforce, you know, helping to accelerate time that marketers um, can do a ton of different use cases. You know, it's not just object A, object B, and then any other related, uh, you know, object, you could actually get a lot more granular, um, giving the ability to have more complex forms and collect more complex information up front. Cole, um, when answering that question, I always like to start with, well, what have we done recently? And giving, you know, one more nod to that Power Automate integration. Um, I'm looking here at Joel on our healthcare team. Well, one breakthrough with Power Automate, HIPAA compliant. So that's opened up a lot of HIPAA compliant integration use cases for us. Oh, that's huge. Um, yeah, healthcare healthcare is our number one vertical. So that's that's been a great addition um, as of February 1st. Um, there's a lot of just uh, like continuous, like 
iteration uh, on these products. Um, be agile and iterate is one of our company's culture values. Um, heading up the partner team, we're doing some really cool things. Um, we just launched uh, our partner Slack community. Um, as part of that, we're doing um, monthly or sometimes twice a month virtual events with our partner community. We're finding there's like a lot of appetite for that right now, like engaging um, in, you know, without, without trade shows or in-person events. So that's been um, really exciting for, for me and my team. And we're going to look to do a lot more with that as we move through the year. Awesome. Well, thank you guys again for joining the podcast. We really appreciate it and learning more about Formstack and what you guys have on the roadmap. So moving over to completely unrelated, by far the most important part of the podcast. Uh, favorite sports team? Cole, I'll let you start. So I feel like you have to go to a specific time period. So I couldn't just be like, oh, the Pacers. Like, because you can't go Well, but the other, the other piece of this too is not only is it, are we talking about fictional? Like there's fictional Ooh, sports teams in here too? Valid. Valid. So who's going to say Cobra Kai Dojo? <laughs> I was going to say Mighty Ducks. Oh, solid. Well, I'm going, I'm going a whole other direction because you could also say fantasy sports teams. I'm a, I'm a big fantasy baseball guy, so... I can oh. say my own fantasy baseball <laughs> is my favorite, which is kind of the point. Um, I don't know. I think that's taking a step too far. <laughs> I think, Zach, I think you might be too far into the fantasy baseball world if you say your favorite sports team is your own fantasy baseball team. <laughs> fair, fair point. Well, but here's the thing, though, guys. I'm from New York. Um, the Mets, the Knicks, I mean, these are pretty hard franchises to root for. So, Oh, boy. Yeah, I might have to, you can't yeah. blame me for uh, – for bailing, bailing on them. <laughs> I, I feel like you should have caveated that first because that explains everything. I don't know. I don't know how you continue rooting for the, oh, the next. The Knicks are having a better year yeah. this year. No, there's there's definitely like there, there's a shining uh, shining light after 20 years of, uh, of struggles. Uh, Only for, 20. Only 20. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's just a it couple like decades. To, Come on. <laughs> I mean, it looks like they're trying to pick up uh, Oladipo right now. We'll, we'll see how that turns out for them. I'll just turn this into an NBA trade rumors podcast. Let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> downloads, so Cole, are gonna, downloads are going to spike. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Just come out, come out with some hot rumors. Looks like James Harden might be switching teams again. Stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> if we make up the rumors, it could happen, right? Uh, yeah, I don't see why not. LeBron to the Pacers? Question mark. <laughs> <laughs> so Cole, you never answered. Um, you know, it's a tough one. I mean, clearly Cobra Guy has got to be up there, but um I, I was I was uh I, I have to go like like time period specific. Um uh, I did love Manning era Colts, still love the Colts, but like Manning era Colts was up there, especially 06 if I had to brag about one season. Um, but I think all time, if I if I had to pick one thing, I gotta go 1980s, uh 1980 USA hockey solely for the miracle. And what miracle was that? <laughs> Joel, how about you? So I I am from Louisville, Kentucky. Um, you can tell because I said it like I have rocks in my mouth. Um, so I am a Cardinals fan through and through. Uh, that's the alma mater. So I uh, it it pains me with March Madness right now not to see them in there. Um, but 
I, I have been a fan since I was a little kid. Um, you know, Yankees fan in baseball, um, you know, to help offset the disappointment that happens sometimes with being a Louisville fan. I'm a Yankees fan to make up for that. Um, but yeah, Pacers, Pacers in basketball. Actually, growing up, I was a Suns fan. Um, I, I, I had lunch with Dan Marley like when I was in fourth grade, and I was just like, yeah, Thunder Dan, he's the best. <laughs> um, oh, man, I'm so jealous. He's a cool dude. He's pretty suave. Is he still the coach at Grand Canyon University? I don't think he is. No, I, I, I think they he moved on, and he's already moved on and been fired from somewhere. Oh, that's why, nice. why were you having lunch with Thunder? Yeah. <laughs> a cousin of mine was dating him at the time. Nice. <laughs> Family connections, well, I, right? I, I got to go with uh, from 1934 to 1941, the Minnesota Golden Gophers college football team won five college uh, football championships out of eight years there. Um, did you, did and, you just Google this? Oh, I absolutely just Googled it, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Real uh, diehard Bobby. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I, it's weird. Like, as I've gotten older, I don't I don't really pay as much attention to teams as I do players anymore. Like, I was a big Cubs fan growing up. And then when they won in 2016, it was like, well, we, mm. we won. So it's kind of like, all right, well, I don't really feel like I, I should root for them anymore. Not that I shouldn't root for them, but I just kind of lost interest in it. So I the only person that fell off the bandwagon at that point. Yeah. It was just kind of like, well, it was really fun because it was all about the pursuit and the struggle and all this kind of stuff. And then they won. And I was like, well, all right, well that was fun. So I had a good 29 year ride with them, I suppose. But uh <laughs> I don't yeah, I don't I don't know. I it you know it actually might be Zach's fancy fancy baseball team. That might be my favorite team. <laughs> <laughs> and uh the name of that team, Bobby, is Nut Flush, I, and I named it when I was in, in, in a bit of a poker craze. So I named it after uh, a famous poker hand, the Nut Flush, which is the highest possible flush draw. The Nut, the Nut Flush, boy. Yes. There's a lot of different ways you could take that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, Zach and Joel, thank you guys so much for jumping on the podcast. We really appreciate it. Uh, it's great to learn more about Formstack and um, and more about you guys too. So thanks again. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. Thank you.